Today's reading is taken from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. It's a joy to be here with you and to share one of my favorite passages with those of you who are here in person and those of you joining us online. Let's pray. Father, please help me as I speak and us as we listen. Would we hear what you need, you need us to hear, that we might be built up together in the likeness of Christ. Amen. This has been a favorite passage of mine for the last 10 years. Thank you, Andrew, for reading it. It started off with some friends asking me to read it at their wedding. Of course, I said. I read and reread the passage to familiarize myself with it before the big day. And I asked myself, why this passage? It wasn't the go-to usual wedding passage as far as I knew. What made it so significant to Charlotte and Justin that they would have it read on their big day? Well, the cherry on top was that that day was my 18th birthday. My love for this passage was um, compounded a week or so later when I was taking part in the tall ships race. I joined the boat, as you can see on the screen, in Greenock near Glasgow. We meandered up through the Inner Hebrides to Lerwick on the Shetland Islands and then raced the other tall ships across to Stavanger. It was an incredible experience, capped with sailing into and swimming in the Norwegian fjords. Pretty cool. 
But the reason I mentioned that trip is that it was here for me that Philippians 2 hit the ground. You see, I'm pretty good at traveling. I never really have problems. Um, I can read in the back of the car. I can spend time at sea and I'm fine. My brother, on the other hand, well, he's got pretty good at just throwing up and carrying on. Well, we had a fantastic few days sailing up to Lowick. That is, until we hit Cape Roth. Cape Roth is the furthest northwest point of mainland Britain. And here we changed our course from north to northeast up to the Shetland Islands. The waves began to roll from the back left of the boat, creating this really unpleasant sort of corkscrew-like motion as they rolled each one under the boat. I'll stop there so you don't have to dash to the bathroom. I have never felt so seasick. I found myself on deck, focusing furiously on the horizon, repeating to myself as much of Philippians 2 as I could recall. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, Sam, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, that was about as far as I could get, over and over, and in those very words, I found the encouragement that I needed. Together, Jesus and I overcame a very testing few hours. In short, this passage is a favourite because it reminds us of the gift that we have in Christ. And it calls us on not just to enjoy the gift, but to embody and share it. Well, I hope I've whet your appetite and that you're ready to look at the passage in a little more detail. Of course, there's more um, that can be said about this passage than can fit in a 20-minute sermon. And all the more so, this passage, one of the most rich and profound passages that we have in the Bible, one of the most clear and extended that we have about the incarnation, Jesus fully God becoming fully man. I'm not going to try and unpack all that this morning. Instead, I'm going to highlight a few things. And if you're curious, intrigued, fascinated, then I encourage you to delve into it further. Ponder it, discuss it with friends, family, colleagues. Grab me, I'd love to chat further. This passage is about community life that brings joy. It's a timeless message, and one that has a particular pertinence for us, the St. Michael's family, as we come out of lockdown and begin a new chapter of our life together. I'll give you a teaser. The secret is mindset. So let's dive in. We're going to consider complete joy, a shocking example, and a staggering result. The first thing I want us to notice is complete joy. Complete joy. Not a phrase we use very often. If you have a Bible open or an app or on the screen, have a look at these verses with me, verses 1 to 4. In verse 2, Paul writes, Make my joy complete. He's urging the church in Philippi and us in Chester Square to live in such a way as perfects his joy. What makes this even more uh, amazing is that he's writing from prison. 
Paul's writing in chain from prison, yet he believes that even then complete joy is a reasonable expectation if only the church live in this way. How will they, how will we complete Paul's joy? Paul says if we enjoy the gift of unity with God, which for us Christians is certainly the case, we're to manifest that gift in our relationships with each other. If we have any encouragement from being united with Christ, Paul longs for us to be like-minded, uniting ourselves with those who need our encouragement. If we have any comfort from his love, we're to have the same love that comforts the broken, the fearful, the mourning. If we have any common sharing in the spirit, then how can we possibly not be one with those who share the same spirit? But it's so easy to let it stop with us. It's human nature, I think. We receive a gift, we say thank you very much, and then we're tempted to hold on to it for ourselves. It's mine, we learn to say from a very young age. Hey, it's my Buzz Lightyear. But if we're Christians and have accepted the gift of reconciliation with God, then we're to embody that reconciliation with each other. Paul, in verses 3 and 4, addresses three ways that his joy is threatened. Selfish ambition, vain conceit, and looking to our own interests above others. Basically, Paul's saying, if you're a real, bona fide, born-again Christian, live like it. Live like it. Live in a way that reflects the gift you've received and reflects the one you confess as Lord. What does selfish ambition and vain conceit look like? Well, we hardly need an illustration, we see it all the time. Selfish ambition casts others to the side in a bid to achieve. In its extreme, it looks like Jordan Belfort, the wolf of Wall Street. Here's a synopsis of the film. Introduced to life in the fast lane through stockbroking, Jordan Belfort takes a hit after a Wall Street crash. He teams up with Donny Azoff, cheating his way to the top as his relationships slide. Did you hear that last bit? Cheating his way to the top as his relationships slide. Belfort gives up on integrity, honesty, and caring for others. He does whatever it takes to climb the greasy pole. And that's what Paul is saying not to do. Take Haman in the book of Esther. He runs roughshod over the Jews to climb the greasy pole, excuse the irony, and gain favour with the king. Or indeed the young Saul, pursuing his religious ideals, persecuting followers of the way in his attempt to climb the ladder. But the life that brings complete joy is one of humility. That doesn't mean thinking less of ourselves, but thinking about ourselves less. What does that mean for us? It means that as a community, as God's family, we look out for each other. It means that we see giving and sharing as a priority instead of accumulating material wealth, possessions, property for ourselves. It means we share our time, our energy with each other. 
We open our homes. We offer true friendship. In a way, this is really hard to apply. It's really hard to hear because our society is so often telling us to do our own thing, pursue our own goals, own vision, our own dreams. But we quickly lose perspective if it all becomes about us and our self-fulfillment. Paul says complete joy comes through humbly preferring the other. And of course, many of us are on board with that already. I've seen it myself here at St. Michael's over the last few weeks. I'm not saying this to judge or condemn, but to encourage us to complete one another's joy and to abound more and more in Christ's love for us and for each other. Consider those times when others act in this way. It really is heartwarming when we see people being kind and generous, like the Good Samaritan. Perhaps you can think of a time when someone's gone out of their way to do something kind for you, giving you a gift for no other reason than to bless you. I was moved to tears a few weeks ago watching Bohemian Rhapsody, the film about Queen. I don't know whether you've seen it or what you make of it, and I apologise for any spoilers. But there's a beautiful scene where Freddie Mercury, who's become a bit mean and miserable, realises that he's dying, but that it's not too late to play his part and make a difference. For the first time in the film, it seems that he does something, not out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, values others above himself. Who knows what was going on in his heart? But it's a very moving scene and a great example of the altruism that Paul's after. St. Michael's, let's embrace the challenge. Let's make one another's joy complete. The second and third points are much more brief. The second point is this. Paul gives us a shocking example. Verses 5 to 8 give us an incredible insight into the mind of God. Paul exhorts us in verse 5, in our relationships with one another, to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, and then bursts into song. Verse 5 is the central verse, the pivotal verse. Here, Paul makes explicit what he was alluding to in verses 1 to 4. Make my joy complete by having the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same attitude as Christ. Have your mind set on the same things as him. And what was that? Well, it's a huge shock. Jesus, God himself, has, the mind, has his mind set on coming down to serve, even to the point of death on a cross. And we're really skating over huge depths here. Who's played Snakes and Ladders? I think most of us have. Great, so you know where you want to be, right? At the top, square 100. You want to hit the ladders and avoid the snakes and climb your way right to the top before everyone else. Verses 6 to 8 of our passage make it clear that Jesus was at the top. That's where he started, square 100. He was with God. He is God. 
Yet he chose to slide all the way down to square one, not just being born in a stable, but being crucified on a cross. And this is shocking. And if we understand it, it changes everything. We, conversely, reach for, snatch it, grasp onto, clutch hold of, anywhere we can find a bit of being like God, like Adam and Eve in the garden, reaching out for that fruit. We have God's word, yet we choose to go our own way. We hold on to status and power and prestige and privilege wherever we can. Yet Jesus gave it all away to serve, to save, to rescue a messy, broken humanity, you and me. I told you the secret is mindset. Paul says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. This mindset, this Jesus mindset, enables us to live the Jesus way. We're all following someone. Who are you following? Whose mindset do you have? It probably looks like an average of the five people you're closest to. Colleagues, family, friends, fictional characters, celebrities. We're all following someone. We're either following Jesus and letting go of status or we're following someone else and clinging on, grasping for more. I say that because I see it in myself. St. Michael's, let's embrace Paul's shocking example and in our relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus himself. Let's say no to status and privilege and yes to serving one another. The third point is that Christ's example of humility leads to a staggering result. A staggering result. Have a look at verses 9 to 11. If Paul's example of humility was a surprise, the God who comes down to serve, then how much more is this a, this, um, is this a final twist? Having thought not of his own station, but of serving broken humanity, you and me, even unto a gruesome, humiliating death, God the Father exalts Jesus to the highest place. This is better than the best Marvel or Disney film. The hero, Jesus, greater than every princess or prince or every other superhero. He lays down his own life to save everyone else. That is how abundant God's love is for us. That while we were still sinners, still ignoring God and doing our own thing, Jesus died for us. Like the phoenix rising from the ashes, except Jesus was properly dead, sealed in a cold, dark tomb. Like Doctor Who regenerating even better than before. Like Princess Anna giving her life to save her stroppy sister and being thawed out by the love of her sister. Except this isn't myths and magic. This is life and death, light and dark, good and evil, holiness and sin. 
Jesus took the hit for us, died the death that we deserve. And the Father raised him up on the third day and gave him the name that is above every name. In Jesus, we see that the way up is actually the way down. This week, let's be looking for ways to serve one another, trusting that we can follow Jesus' path because God exalts the humble. So we don't need to humble, we don't need to exalt ourselves, we can trust that to God. Friends, how do we complete our joy, each other's joy, Paul's joy? By cultivating the Jesus mindset. Amen? Let's worship.